Welcome to the cinematic education of Mr. George. I'm Mr. James. I'm Mr. Ruben. I'm Mr. Ice Cream Sandwich. <laughs> and I am Mr. Depressed. <laughs> oh, come, bud. What's wrong? I'm Mr. George, and we're in Sci-Fi Month. And woo, this was a we're in dystopian sci-fi. Yeah, this, oh, this was. It's <laughs> okay. It's heavy. So, hold hold on. Let, heavy. Me, let me go ahead and introduce it first. Uh, yeah. Uh, t- this, this week we watched the 2006 dystopian sci-fi classic from director Alfonso Cuarón. The movie is The Children of Men, or just Children of Men. The movie Children, is yeah, Children of Men. Children of Men. So yeah, 2006. Uh, oh boy. So it yeah. is. Uh, I'm, I'm going to give you just a slight rundown of the movie, um, at least the like the sort of the bullet points that it is. The dystopia is the fact that um, the whole world is infertile. Yeah. Nobody has had babies in about 18 years. The world has gone to shit. Uh, Britain's doing okay, not great. Yeah. Um. And the story follows Clive Owen and him trying to get a woman out of Britain who has given birth to the first baby in 18 years. Yeah, that's pretty much it. So that's like the gist of the movie. movie. Um, Mm -hmm. That's like the most baseline plot of it. That's the baseline. Like that is what happens, but everything on top of it is what makes this movie super interesting. So anyway, George, what did you think of Children of Men? Oh, I loved this movie. This was a beautiful, beautifully done movie. Um, it was hard. It was really hard to watch, uh, especially though the, there's so much going on in this movie, and it, it was just wonderful. It really was, and it really was depressing as well. But it was, but like top notch. The movie wasn't trying to make you depressed though. No, it, just, it, wasn't. it was like uh, it's just showing you this world that happens to be depressing. <laughs> <laughs> what, but George, did it, you have any? Did you know anything about this movie going in, or did you just uh, sort I think of? I, I vaguely knew the premise of the movie. Okay, that's, okay, that's about I it. I could see that. Oh, and, and that Clive Owen was in it. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, that Clive Owen's in it. And real quick, just in case we don't get back to it. He was going places, if I recall correctly. At and this his point, performance yeah. in this movie, phenomenal. Why hasn't yeah. he done more? I mean, he, I least... think he has. I think he's really. I think he's very choosy on his roles, and I don't yeah. think he does. I don't think he does career movies. I think he does movies he wants to do. Yeah, I want him in a Marvel movie. That's it. That's it. That that'll make his oh, career okay. for me. Who, All right, well, you, you got to cast who him. Who would you have him play? be? Who would he be? I don't know. Because he's a bit older now. Thought. That's the thing. Yeah, he's much older. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Reed Richards. I don't know. Oh, okay. Hmm. I like that. I could get down mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. Or evil Reed Richards. He would be a good. He might <laughs> not be a even bad Magneto. Doom. If they're gonna recast Magneto, Magneto. Oh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> that that could work. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. This this movie. Uh. For me personally. Um, when I went to film school, uh, I don't know if Ruben did this, but I did this where you would have different classes and they'd be like, all right, write a paper about a movie with, you know, this concentration. This was my go-to movie for almost every class. 
<laughs> so like break down the soundtrack well uh in the movie children of men blah 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 and i'd write a whole thing so that, that i wouldn't have to watch like i would watch a ton of movies but like i already knew this movie had good sound had good cinematography had good acting yeah. had good every like it was a solid movie to make papers on so i kept doing mm-hmm. it <laughs> so when and we, when a, we did uh, dystopian sci-fi i was like I'm going to pull the same shit I did in college. <laughs> going to go like, to my oh, yeah, go-to I'm it home. Well, the other one was Wally, but he already picked that. So he already seen that one. Yeah, I already seen that. Yeah, I, I know for me personally, I saw this on a whim. Um, I mean, I knew, I knew the filmmakers that were attached. And for some reason, I just took my time in seeing it. And it was like the middle of the week. I went to the Logan Theater with some buddies, and I was like, oh, this is, you know, Children of Men is playing. Like, yeah, sure, I like a lot of the people that are in it. And I did not expect, like, any of this. I didn't Mm -hmm. expect to be floored in this way Mm -hmm. in terms of the craftsmanship on display, in terms of the filmmaking, the, the thematic depth and richness just... And you know, again, the same thing to to what James is saying. There's there's just so much to get out of the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, just absolutely incredible. Um, just absolutely incredible. Yeah, this movie hit hit home. I mean, it, it's really easy for us to say like, oh, that's you know, to take apart this movie and apply it to what's happening today. I yeah. mean, for, there are aspects of this that you can, especially with the immig- uh, the illegal immigrant a- aspect to this. Yeah, the, the flu movie. pandemic that started yeah. it all. Oh, I, I don't, I didn't two, remember. Two thousand eight flu pandemic is what they yeah, talked about. Yeah. I want to reiterate, uh, this was made in two thousand six. Yeah. <laughs> But did they yeah. say that that was what contributed to everybody's infertilization? Yeah, they, well, mm-hmm. oh, okay. they they it's a theory. Yeah, okay. there was never they they don't confirm what it was. All they say is that women were infertile and were miscarrying. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And this is yeah. an adaptation of a novel by P. D. James, so there might be some. There's it's actual like concrete reason. I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you film. it's a loose adaptation. Oh yeah. Uh, um, Alfonso Cuarón only read like a like a abridged version. <laughs> oh. He 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 went on his own thing. Um. So yeah. it's it's oh. I I like some people really like the book. Some people really like the movie. So I think if you're a movie person, you probably like the movie more than the book. Because the book um the only big major change they had between the two. In the book, it's men that are infertile, and in the mm. movie, he changed it to women. Mm. Oh, it's always women. What the hell? Why is always the burden on women? See, that's fucking a fucking man. I think. I, see, that was funny. I was actually talking to my wife about this because I was like, I'm wondering why he changed it. Because um, men becoming infertile, it's funny because in my mind, that would make. I feel like that would make uh, the alpha male angry. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, th- I think, I think it would make hell on earth, right? Yeah, like, no, like it's all I, the honestly, men's fault. Like that feels, uh, like, like it would turn society on itself because it is they're supposed to be the providers, they're what the creators, yeah. the whatever. Well, um, I think changing it to the women. Well, that's that's because we were that's because we were raised to believe that men are the creators <laughs> when women are actually the creators. Correct, the absolutely, hundred yes. percent. I have a different theory. Yes, but go ahead, finish. Oh, yours uh, so so um, changing it to the women, um, it's it's weird because it's almost like uh, the world 
is losing hope that like it, it, or or maybe to an extent it's man's doing of something caused the infertility i still mm-hmm. think it's men's fault <laughs> like whatever ends up happening i mean i mean yeah. i blame us but yeah yeah right. i yeah. blame yeah. us for a lot I of things so. um my my theory yeah. is that oh i'm sorry oh I no no I, uh, one last point um, I think it only just driven home when you get to the point in the movie where uh, the baby is born and he asks the, the the mother asks is he okay she assumes she's having a boy and Clive Owen's like no it's a girl and that and everyone mm-hmm. that talks about the baby assumes it's Everybody, a boy yeah. but I think yeah. it's that I think changing it to women being infertile and then women overcoming the adversity, giving birth to mm. more women, makes it more that the power is in women and not in men. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's theory. talk about that when 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 they when they when the baby's born when that reveal though, that is a straight. I mean, it's a straight up manger scene. Oh, and 100%. literally. Yeah. I mean, they're they're in they're in a barn full of cows, and no, when that's where the no 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 that's the reveal that she's pregnant. Oh, that's the but then as soon and then but even even when Clive sees her gut for the first time, what does he say? Jesus Christ! <laughs> and she and I love that she makes the joke. I'm a virgin, and they goes no no, and no I don't even yeah. know who that was. No, that would be <laughs> that's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, she's like, no, I'm not a virgin. I, I, I don't know I who would, that dude. I, I would real real quick like to return to that like my theory of the. Um, of why it is women versus men mm. i don't think if it were men that were being infertile and this was men's fault the people in charge i.e men would move heaven and hell to make sure that that doesn't happen that that doesn't become their reality think about what men do now there is viagra and it's free for them and they 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 will save a man's genitals to make sure (laughs) that he can produce more but when it comes to women's rights and the fact that they can they have uh, bodily autonomy they will move heaven and hell to make sure that they don't. Okay, so basically, so can I paraphrase what you're saying is... Yes. What you're saying is is conservative males are Mm -hmm. obsessed with male genitalia. Well, 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 no, 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 no. With rock hard male genitalia, I think is what you're trying to say. Yeah. You know, no, but the, but I actually know George. You, heard it here. It, you, you even you even got me on a little little tangent here. Like if let's say that is the case, let's say in the movie it is men. It's still men. Mm-hmm. Men would move heaven and hell to make it seem like it's the women's fault. Yeah, propaganda <laughs> yeah. to oh, say absolutely. the women are infertile, oh, not the men. They would be. You you know these Christian pa- uh, the, the pastors, the priests. They would yeah, absolutely. They would gaslight the shit out of women. Right. Yeah, I'm just saying. 100%. I'm just saying they t- finally fixed the Jesus story and made it a black girl. Because <laughs> yeah, right? I mean that's yeah. all the world actually needed. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was never white <laughs> for one. Yeah. And Wait, he, he may what? have been a guy, but. But I, it would be better if he wasn't, because then he, you know, he would have got shit done. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I was just super bummed that Sid turned out to be a bad guy, because he was yeah. my favorite for a second. Yeah. There. So, Sid, the yeah. uh, the Border Patrol fella that yeah, talks the guy in the third, the inside. Place, third person, like, in case you forget like, who Sid is, yeah. Sid Sh- will say his own Sid name. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's yeah, always he's, talking. He speaks that in the uh, third person. Now show Sid but, your yeah. Fuji face. It's a sad face. Oh. <laughs> yeah. The one thing that I also loved about this movie was that the world felt so fucking real. Yeah. Everybody just felt like they were in that like that world was real and it was developed and they they've been living in that hellhole for as long as they have been and you can see it on every single person's face in well, the background the, i mean it's the opening scene you have a you have you have this media with this huge distraction of baby diego diego yeah who was yeah. an ass so who deserved it and he was an asshole whatever <laughs> but what i'm saying is is, is clive beginning of the movie i mean he's so broken these people are obsessed with what's going on on the tv and and this guy has already lost everything so this journey we take with him you can yeah. tell because in that shot i mean everybody is glued to the television yeah cuts yeah. through everybody to get a cup of coffee and then just leaves he doesn't give it he doesn't give two fucks or a shit so mm-hmm. like what i'm saying is the journey that he takes and 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 the outcome is just is phenomenal i forgot mm-hmm. how good of a movie this was i think <laughs> yeah. you're welcome of- nick <laughs> I think Thank yeah. you. that's one of uh, Cuaron's strengths as a filmmaker. Um, the other film that I can point to that feels fully realized just like this is Itumama um, Tambien, where on the surface, you know, it's this sort of these two guys traveling through Mexico with like this older woman, you know, and going through sort of trysts and whatnot. But you have these sort of images of Mexico and and these people and sort of how they live. And he does the same thing in Children of Men where, yes, we're we're following Theo on this journey. But at the same time, you know, whether if it's like that shot of the front of the car and you're, you know, you see this sort of very regal car, but you see the world around it when you're you know inside the caravan and you're seeing these people sort of being locked up being detained being um tortured you know you have Mm -hmm. imagery of you know abu Ghraib and all of these things quaron really makes it a point to utilize the space and the universe that these characters are in to really feel genuine and real even mm-hmm. if it's just a quick image, even if it's just a quick sort of shot or something, there's just these little moments where, you know, again, to to even to piggyback off of what Nick was saying, you have Clive Owen, Theo in this coffee shop. Things are happening. He's walking down the street. There's hustle and bustle and a bomb goes off. And it after he leaves, after yeah. he leaves and in this day and age shit like that happens mm-hmm. absolutely so, and, and, it, and it really that's i think that's he pinpoints those moments right yeah so he pinpoints those moments with your main character but because so many of these little things and and like you said these little moments but they're they're littered all over the place you just yeah. it's just mm-hmm. the way certain extras what they say the way they look what they're doing yep. Yep. you know it's just tiny little things but it's everywhere and it just it's it looks to be fine-tuned yeah if you mm-hmm. you know what i mean but if you don't think about it i think that's why it, it just it comes off so fluid and natural well i think part of it is he does a very um almost documentary style of filmmaking like yeah. when he follows like there's there's a handful of shots 
that are one shot or or appearance of one oh shot. Oh my god! So yeah. like, the, the, let's the, start. Hold on. Let's start end. with the coffee oh. shop. Very mundane, mm-hmm. you know. Mm. But it it follows in real time. So when the when the explosion goes off, it is jarring because you've been with him mm-hmm. for the legit couple of minutes that it took him to get mm-hmm. a coffee and go outside. Um, yep. mm-hmm. But yes, like that that lends itself to the realism like you sit Mm -hmm. in these environments that are relentless like you're you don't get to cut away you have to look at what's going on you have to look at the extras you have to look at these digital signs that are trying to tell you information that mm -hmm. clive owen does not give a shit about (laughs) yeah and even when scenes end they they stay with you a little because after the coffee shop explodes there's a woman walking out and she's carrying her own arm with her because it got blown off in that explosion and it just it you 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 see her for like a second or two and, and then the and, scene ends and that's what ruben's talking about yeah. man those little those little it's like when it's like a blizzard man where you got the you get the big hunk of candy and all the sweet ice cream you're like this is ice cream but holy fuck there's a candy bar too <laughs> yeah like those are just little bits of candy and they're yep. all over the place yep. it's uh yeah and it's, yeah. i'm it's such a midwesterner things. i thought you meant a literal blizzard <laughs> I was like, where's oh he God. going with this? Oh, yeah, I got to yeah. go shovel Oh, yeah, when you're in that blizzard there, there and then all of a sudden a lady doesn't have an arm on. Yeah. <laughs> no, but Good again, I got my boots. <laughs> it's those things. It's it's those moments. And also, too, in, in the sense of, like James is saying, it's that sort of documentary verite style, right? Where there's a lot of times the camera will just move away and pan around. And, you know, you get away from Theo and, and and you see the world around him. And and a lot of times in most movies, you know, it's just sort of focused on that one character. But the fact that Quaron is always trying to explore this dystopia that just literally seems almost at our fingertips in terms of, you know, people, mm-hmm. women being infertile, things falling to shit, refugees... Fle- you know, fleeing to other countries because everything. Look at all of these. Uh, uh, look at all of these supposed illegal immigrants in cages. I mean, this is yeah. fucking. This yeah. is all. This the reason why this movie hit hard right now is because we were watching it right now. <laughs> yeah. Because it's, it's, it's almost, yeah. Every, almost yeah. almost everything in this movie is legitimately going on right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I made that. I made we a... get screwed and we don't get the smart glass windshields because I want to see my apps on there. I want to, you know. Can can, can I Soon list enough. a few? You can. can I list a few? My, my brother. Hold on, once I get. Hold on. My, oh, my, my brother does have a car that has that projects little a little the, like the speed limit onto his windshield. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Let me list. It's a start. It's a, a start. few things that. Like you said, like that really hit home. I actually like my notes were majority um, elements and themes that go on in this movie that are, originally I was writing down as being uh, like dystopian tropes, but then turned into mm-hmm. oh shit, this is going on right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I've got over militarization. Yep. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's what happens Absolutely. when you live in a fascist police state. I'm telling you. Yeah, man. But hey, 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 hey. Blue lives that matter, man. Uh, propaganda. Oh, Blue speaking of which, propaganda. Yep. Oh, uh, yeah. There was an Check. advertisement that said only Britain soldiers on. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Conspiracy theories. Yep. Check. Pizza mm-hmm. gate. Religious zealots. Yep. Uh, check. The wealth gap. There, yep. there was a whole oh, section yeah. where he's Triple hanging out with check. a guy who just his has cousin. a bunch of art in this like really fancy high yeah, rise. His cousin, right? That's yeah, super just... clean and fresh and just oh, pristine. pristine. Um, xenophobia. And he's like, I don't, care, you know. Mm. Oh, that's uh, Islamophobia. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yep. No, that was the last one. Islamophobia. Yeah. Uh, the only one I took a note of that I thought was interesting um, that wasn't an actual thing that's going on was I didn't remember. And now it's been a few years since I've seen this. I did not realize how prevalent the suicide pill advertisements were throughout this movie. Oh, I didn't and I had made that. I had made a notes that said, when do you think the government will start distributing suicide kits? There you go. IRL. <laughs> Yep. It was what was the name of it? I for, I even I didn't even write it down. It was like it was like uh, like quietus quietus Quiet. yeah, yeah quiet. that's it yeah. like you get to choose your time to go or essentially yeah. something like that yeah. and like I I I understood when the movie when I watched the movie the first handful of times um, that Michael Caine gave something to his wife and dog yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, but I think I didn't realize how prevalent that product was throughout the movie. Yeah. Yeah, they they, they mentioned it a few times. I was just really... I didn't, I didn't notice it. I was really floored by the fact that I didn't know that Michael Caine's character Jasper was supposed to be Henry Barrett <laughs> in the future. <laughs> All right, well, that's only a joke just... the four of us get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, only only four of us. Uh, actually, Michael Caine's performance uh, well, was based more on John Lennon in his later years. Well, there you go. <laughs> when I saw uh, Michael Caine, mm-hmm. I said to myself, "They better not kill him in this movie because oh. I'm going to be mad at this oh. movie." Uh, what happened? What, what happened, happened to Michael Caine in this movie? Out, I was like, "Oh man, <laughs> I jolt, I jolt, um, I jolt." Oh, but I, I jolt, I jolt, he, he, jolt. Pull my finger. <laughs> Go on, pull my finger. He was great in this, though. It's oh, really funny. Fantastic. You could tell it's definitely 2006 when he's like, "Man, at least we like." And weed's illegal. <laughs> Ganja was illegal yeah. still, and we're all like, "He's well, like, at least something's changed in, since 2006." Yeah. I mean, we also the future's live, so bright. I gotta wear shades. I'm telling you what. I mean, I guess we live in a state where it's legal, and that's not the case everywhere. Yeah. No, it's not. Uh, or maybe it is. Remember when we're airing this? Uh, you know, maybe oh, it's on its way. Maybe it's I don't know. Maybe way. it's our, a talking a point. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, let's. I I do want to highlight at least. Um, there's at least two ridiculously long shots in this movie. True. Oh um, my god! I I the one that I noticed the most was. The second one, I think you're gonna talk about, but let's go over well, the first. Well, the, the the there's three, the three longest shots in this movie. Um, now, now I think some of them, I know one of them at least is actually a few shots. Um, but the mm-hmm. the edits are really hard to find. Because mm. uh, they do such a good job with it. But the first one is actually key giving birth. The shot lasts for three minutes yeah. and nineteen seconds. 
and yeah, I did, great that special one I effects noticed. That was too. really well done. Extremely yeah. well, especially the fact that they're like doing a birthing scene. Like that's insane. Mm-hmm. And they show it. And they show yeah. it. It's crazy. Yeah. It's great. It. But it's the nice thing. It's funny. Uh, but would I? I haven't seen this movie since I've had children. Oh, so wow, like okay. you know, it's it's still like when you watch a movie like that, you're just like, I don't know, it's probably right, right? But then watching it this time, I was like, oh mm-hmm. no, she's been having contractions for quite some time, because because yeah. you follow mm-hmm. them pretty. I mean, it's not real time, but it feels like real time because mm-hmm. his shots the, are so the, long, and the pa- the pacing is beautiful. Mm. Like I yeah. love that about that because it's it, it's it's always appropriate and then it speeds up when it needs to right. be and then and then and then when the moments you know when the moments are so at like any time there's any escape slash chase scene in this movie it is so good because of the pacing surrounding those scenes yeah it, it, mm-hmm. it's like it's not even you know it's not even crazy but it's so intense because of the pace of the rest of the film it's fantastic yeah you always feel their fear yep. you're always, always anxious yep mm-hmm. well that brings me to my second the second longest which is the ambush on the country road which lasts oh. for 4 minutes and 7 seconds now the first good too. chunk of it is not intense because it's just them going in the uh down the road but it ends in like uh, motorcycle chase, gunfight, whatever. Um, that is one of your main characters bleeding out of her right? neck. Right, M- M- Megan yeah. was watching it with me, and she goes, "Is she dead?" It's <laughs> like, yeah, she, yes, she, she just died. Yeah, this movie is not mm-hmm. going to mess around. Mm-hmm. Basically, mm-hmm. Um, but I remember in film school watching the special features for this movie. And we don't often go into the behind the scenes, but I find this so intriguing. He wanted that shot. He wanted a super long, uncut shot. So the car is built in such a way that the stunt driver's on top, actually driving the car. And then they have a camera going through the ceiling that rotates mm-hmm. within the car. Then they altered all the seats so that yep. when the camera came around to where you were sitting, the actor is laying all the way back. So if you see, like, there are special features of this. They almost have, like, a um, uh, like a practice run of doing this, where they're like, two, three, four, moving this, moving that, moving the camera, doing this. And it is so fucking fluid that it's like a dance. Mm-hmm. But then you yeah. watch the movie, and it is perfect. Yeah. Like, there is... I, mm-hmm. I, can't imagine trying to to make this shot work and they did it it is yeah. mm-hmm. some grade a filmmaking and yeah. that my friend i didn't notice is how you get three nominate three academy award nominations <laughs> did they win uh i don't believe I, no it, they were just Lube, nominated Lubeski, uh, emmanuel lubeski oh, didn't win until later uh he got an academy award for the revenant but it's his level of craft craftsmanship in doing and staging shots like this um i mean honestly too given lubeski's sort of work it's because of his perseverance that we get to now you know a film like 1917 where it's it feels like it's all one shot or even you know sort of preceding that um 
Lubeski shot Birdman for uh, oh jeez, of course he did. <laughs> which, which you know, again, there's it's the same thing in in the same sense that what James is saying. There there are invisible cuts. You know, there there are moments where like uh, someone will walk, you know, in front of the camera, and it's like, okay, that's a cut. It'll be invisible. But to stage something like that van sequence, unreal, unreal. Again, level of craftsmanship. You've got a stunt guy driving on top of the car, right? So he's got to mm-hmm. be on his A game. Camera operating, you know, focus pulling, all of these elements. And and then on top of that, you have actors that are having to, like, emote and do things. Just unreal. unreal. Well, this is the type of movie, and I think this is what speaks to the film as well. Because, like, we're talking about these super long sequences that are just one shot with invisible, sometimes with those cups. Because, like... When he walks out of the car, there's no stuntman on top. So, like, yeah, no, there's right. a cut somewhere in there, but it's hard to see. Like, there's, yeah. that's why it's invisible. Yeah. Um, with Birdman, there's a few, yeah. you're like, you're saying, like, the guy walks in front, you're like, yeah, I bet you that's where the cut is. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. With Birdman, too, though, you're definitely looking for the cuts because it's so long. This one, it's, yeah. it's long enough that you're not looking for cuts. You're so yeah. engrossed in the <laughs> drama and the action yeah. and the thrillingness yeah. that it just, it just is f- so fluid. The yeah. shot where mm-hmm. they're escaping the safe house and they're trying to jumpstart the car oh, man. while it's rolling oh. down the hill. And that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like th- It's not just these se- three sequences. There are multiple shots that are super long. So this is definitely the type of movie where they had to rehearse the shit out of these performances. Mm-hmm. These were not like... Oh, we can cut there. Let's just try that again. Like, no, no, yeah. we're gonna have to roll this over and over until we are ready to do the shot because we can't mess this up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But the last, the last one that George is probably talking about is the, uh, I'd say more the climax of the movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That is him uh, being captured by the fishes, escaping, running down the street finding key and getting out and it is six minutes and 18 seconds like that was intense i know i mentioned that you feel their fear that one i was you were probably on the edge of your seat for that whole i really was because and again it, it it speaks to his craftsmanship because i didn't notice it was one shot up (laughs) until he started getting to the building you know so he got captured by the uh the rebels that wanted the The baby fishes fishes and then they were gonna yeah the fishes so they they were gonna kill them while they carry the girl who who had just uh given birth and then they uh, they were about to be murdered when uh, the military shows up out of nowhere and starts shooting at them, not knowing who they are. They're just shooting, and he takes that uh, he he takes that advantage and he runs away. Well, they are in a ref- they are in a refugee prison, so yeah, they're, they're like it's and it's prison. like it's very similar to like a, a Escape from New York set where they've they've blocked off this entire city, and that's mm. where they keep sh- that br- the British refugees keep being sent to this little area that's been yeah and then they yeah and then they send the military and like you said yeah and then he's trying to rescue the 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 mom and the baby now and he he, not once does he think to get a gun that oh so that's the thing like um 
that I think is makes that sequence specifically more intense is that he's not, this is not an action thriller. This is not like, Mm -mm. it's funny because he's, he later does a movie. I don't know if later or sooner. He does a movie at one point. Clive Owen it's, called it's Shoot later. Him Up. It's later. It's later. Yeah. I thought it was later. He does yeah. a movie later, literally called Shoot Him Up, which is making fun of like bullet hell movies. Yeah. And uh, in this movie, because of the documentary film style, the fact that he literally never touches a gun in this movie, mm-hmm. I think adds so much more because like what is what is one gun going to do in this literal battlefield? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, he, to get from A to B, having a gun is not going to help him. If anything, it's going to make him more of a target. No. So, yeah. so him running around with the steady cam operator, with like another person being right next to him, documentary film style, mm-hmm. like you feel the danger. Like he he moves to a to a vantage point. And he looks, and then the camera moves behind him and looks too. Like, you get to be with him this mm-hmm. whole time. And that just, oh, it just, it, it you were there. You're absolutely there. The entire mm-hmm. film. The entire film. But, you're, but you're even there. But in there, it's like, in the battlefield sequence, you don't want to be there. <laughs> you know? Not at all. Like, no. it is yeah, you, uncomfortable, I, 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 but like, it's dangerous. Like, you feel in danger that you don't feel often in a lot of movies. Mm hmm. No. And, and when he starts going into the building and he sees bodies, people blown in half and they're calling out for help. And then he's going up the stairs and you see random people just standing up, getting hit by bullets and they're just falling. And he's he doesn't even see them fall. We see them fall because we're looking at through the point of view of the camera, but they're not in his eye, eyesight. So it's, it goes back to what you said, Ruben, about the, the, the background, the little details. Mm. You see people dying around him and he doesn't even notice because he's 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 got he's focused. He wants to rescue the, uh, the mom and the baby. Yeah. Yeah. And it that that scene just had me all again i didn't almost uh a quarter of the way through i was like oh this is this is one shot (laughs) and it was beautifully done because when he's in the building to coordinate all of those people because he goes through several floors and there's just people all over just everywhere and and then chickens working with chickens is difficult people (laughs) chickens those weren't cgi chickens those some real chickens (laughs) Then some real so, chickens. So, George, I want to ask, how do, you, how do you feel about Theo as a character in the sense of, you know, how you slowly learn about his backstory, you being a father yourself? How do you feel about Theo and sort of you going through this world with him? I don't know. So, so that's interesting because he was almost reluctant mm-hmm to help out and that's not mm-hmm. me i if someone is in need i don't care what my situation is i will always help out no matter what i know the two two examples that i'll give and hey george i need really, to move really next week you want to come one. help me pack a bunch of boxes <laughs> no i'm busy and I'm george, george, need to nope 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 i'm busy i'm busy helping someone else george what's this thing first. on my foot um 
So one of the ones, and, and, and it's like I said, it's really super silly. I, I play, I love this game playing uh, Dead by Daylight. And uh, in it, you know, you 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 have to you're working with three other survivors, and and you have to uh, escape a killer, you know, say, work together, and and escape a killer. And I will always do my best to help everybody out without <laughs> question. And my son, my youngest son, always gives me shit. He's like, "Don't help him out." But the real, actual instance where I, without thinking, I actually did help someone out was I used to live in Oak Park, and in Oak Park you have assigned parking. And my assigned parking spot overnight was probably a good two blocks away from my house. And there were times where I'd get home like really super late. And this one time I did, it was like one o'clock or something in the morning. And there was a, a, a festival uh, that happened in, in Oak Park. So parts of the street were closed off. And I was just so tired that I just reclined my, my uh, car seat just a little bit, just so I could relax my eyes and then walk you know get rest up a little bit and then walk three flights upstairs two blocks and all that other stuff and then i hear a scuffle and i turn around and i see three humongous guys well at least they they looked big to me they get Um, bigger every time he tells the story yeah yeah, yeah, (laughs) absolutely they were giants they were beating the shit out of someone i didn't know who it was what was going on what caused it nothing so i wanted to recline my seat even more and convince myself like how how long am i going to ride this out for i'm going to hide in my car and that's it and as i'm thinking to myself how long am i willing to hide in my car while this guy is getting his ass kicked what snaps me back to reality is that i already closed the door to confront these people so I go in and I and I get in the middle of it, you know, so I I almost essentially saved this guy's life from, you know, getting his ass kicked. So for me, it it, it doesn't matter. Like I, I wouldn't I wouldn't question something like that. I would always just help out if I could. So I, I, I felt a little disconnect there because I felt he was a reluctant protagonist, yeah, you know, and I think but I think um that's where the dystopian end of things hits. Yep. Because yep. not mm-hmm. only is humanity on the the downfall, like they have a ticking clock. And the fact that Diego baby mm-hmm. Diego had died is a very um a very real reminder that time and, is fleeting. And just just for Okay. Yeah, and just for our audience, baby Diego was 18 yeah. at the time. But they know him as Baby Diego because he was the youngest, youngest person uh, on the planet, human being at the time. So, yeah, yeah youngest so person on the planet. So, not only do you have that, Clive Owen's character has also lost a son. Yep. You know, so for him, mm-hmm. he has nothing he's fighting for anymore. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have his wife. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have his child. He doesn't have anything. <clears throat> he's got a ticking clock, just like everybody does. So. When his he even says to his cousin when they're at dinner, he's like, "How do you keep trying?" He's like, "I just don't think about it." He's yeah. like, "Because I mean, he confronts him. He's like, we're, and he says that we we're all." He said, "In a hundred years, we're all going to be dead, and nobody's going to get to appreciate yeah, no, any of it." And what you're referring yeah. to is, I believe, what I've looked up as they refer to it as the arc of the arts. Like his, this is the this is the upper class cousin who has the David 
like yeah. statue yeah. in his house. Yeah. Like he has like the statue of David is in his house. He has all this art he's holding on to for what reason? But I don't know. Um, they even they, yeah, and they even matter. go he further into it to it. show his son who is on drugs and hooked up to this like um, computer, like a 21st century digital boy situation where he's not even involved <laughs> Virtu- in life boy. at all. He's he's <laughs> totally disconnected yeah. from everything. He, yeah, um, but but that paints a picture so that then like when Julianne Moore, his ex-wife. Or separated, why well, doesn't matter. Like his his wife calls on him to help. He goes, "All right, I guess I'll help." And it it really doesn't get like into it till he realizes that Key is pregnant, that the woman is holding a child. <laughs> that is hope. That is the future. That is a glimmer of 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 a life to come. And it's and it's beautiful in that. Because the, the the reveal in the barn is gorgeous, and yeah. when she does mm-hmm. when she does that reveal, he becomes a new person. He does not care about his past yeah. life because, like, right before that, he's like, "No, I'm going to go to London. It doesn't matter. I'm going to go." But then, like, he finds out they're going to kill him, and he's like, "All right, well, she's pregnant. I'm gonna die. We need to go." <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's very Han Solo. Very Han. Well, yep. it, it's almost like apathetic Han Solo. Cause like he yeah. didn't have any well, like no, he wasn't yeah. being greedy. He was how he he did his favor and he was gonna go back. He, he no. was done. Well, yeah, but he was he, no because he he said uh, I want he got he, got he wanted money and then he's like oh the only way I can get it is a joint thing and he's like I'll do it for a few thousand dollars more. So he's oh, that's true. <laughs> that's he, true. And, because he's an alcoholic and a gambler. Yep. Yeah, he's broken and that's that was my point. When you first see him, he's done. He's given up on everything. Yeah. Yeah. And right, and you know, again, rightfully so. When you get to that personal stuff of understanding and, what he's lost, you understand. And he has nothing to look forward to. Yeah, he has nothing to look forward to until so you, he sees that baby. Yeah, and but then, then it like, changes him at the core. But it's yeah. funny because for him, it's just the prospect of a baby. She's still pregnant. Later, after she's given birth, in the middle of the cacophony of war. And that baby yeah. is crying, and they start walking down the stairway, and soldiers see the baby. Oh, my God. I haven't seen this movie in years. So I haven't seen, like I said oh. before, I haven't seen this baby since I've had children, and I have two little daughters. That sequence mm-hmm. of him walking down the stairs with her and the baby and every soldier, every refugee, every person that sees this baby stops. They stop fire. That it was is. A- I, I shed a tear like I don't often cry at movies I did I was I, almost like, oh, yeah like everyone Absolutely. is just they, like they just touch like the little baby's foot like I don't know there's something about that like yeah. like she is the chosen one and they all are like oh my goodness what are we this fighting for future. we are we are not done yeah and and that whole mo- that whole sequence I lost it <laughs> I lost it it's great it, it yeah. didn't hit me as hard that before really but now being a moment. father like no, boy, I, you're right. That one it did because when when he's like you said, when he finds out this this baby's cries are being drowned out literally by the war that's going on, by bullets, by cries, by death, by everything that's surrounding him, and then people start noticing the cry, and then they start quieting down. That moment where the the people are realizing that this person has a baby, and it goes back to again, we keep hitting this uh, point. 
every single person, I wouldn't be surprised if if he recruited or he hired actors that had lost someone in their lives because the, the looks on their faces I'm getting <laughs> just goosebumps thinking about it again the the looks on their faces you felt their their pain you felt their hope you felt everything in that the 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 uh, you know the rebels with the guns they start seeing the baby and they're like stop see, and then soldiers come in and cease fire cease fire and he's just keeps walking and it's silent i mean you could hear some bullets in the distance but it is dead silent until some <laughs> asshole <laughs> with an rpg it, it fire you know shoots uh, shoots a missile at them and then Everybody forgets about the baby and they're well, back and at I've war. Loved, I think that moment is just as powerful as the silent moment because then it's a it's a yes. br abrupt reminder that even though the future is among these people again, they have a long way to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A long way to go. Yeah. That. The, so those those sequences those hit me the most. The. Um, him going to rescue the, the the baby and the mom, and then when he's walking out, when he's finally rescued them. I think oh, the heaviest so moment for me wonderfully done. was when I realized that I was acting like Ron Swanson when that steak restaurant closes, and he's like sitting outside <laughs> crying. Because when they killed Michael Caine, I was like, who's going to smoke all that ganja? <laughs> What's going to happen to all that mud? <laughs> <laughs> that was really the saddest moment for me. Yeah, not not, <laughs> not when Michael Caine dies, there's, but yeah. Uh, uh, no, he's he he'll be back in so um, Children of Men too. <laughs> Batman. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the revengeing. Somebody did write that if you want a sequel to the movie, you read the book. Oh, okay. Oh, there you go. And mm. so you know, there you go. That's that. Um, yeah. Uh, another moment that I would mm -hmm. like to touch up on is so key the mom um has uh, uh what is a midwife yeah. with Miriam. her right yeah and they're in school in in, a, in in a an abandoned school waiting for Sid and she she starts telling Theo his story or her story I'm sorry she starts telling her her story about you know she was a midwife and when she started noticing what that there was something wrong when seven months out there was a blank page of, uh, of Ad admittance the, to the, the yeah it to was the, all white pages uh, the, the maternity wards yeah exactly there there was no new pregnancy so she calls her sister and then you know that her sister calls someone else in sydney and they're they're all reporting there's no new pregnancies and 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 i think that was i got the impression that was before it officially came you know came out that they're they're all infertile but that moment of you know fear of or, or being afraid what is going on why aren't new babies being born i just really that hit home again for me too and it was a small moment but it really filled out the world a little bit more well again it gives it gives like it just gives a weight, right? Like, you mm -hmm. say you say that it's just sort of a small throwaway moment, but again, that's Quaron solidifying that universe, right? Because it's like you're saying, there's that human element to it, right? Where it's like, okay, we haven't heard from the mm -hmm. CDC or we haven't heard from our world governments, but 
you have a person coming to the realization that the world is going to change dramatically and 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 yeah given that he gives you you know that sort of like pov um it just adds even more dramatic weight to it um i i think that it, it, his way of sort of eliciting stories like that it's just it's beyond brilliant and uh, uh, yeah i mean there's just there's just so much going on and well, Quaron himself, he's not a fan of like exposition. Yeah, no. Like none. he's not going to give you an explanation of exactly what happens because that well, doesn't he's matter. Show you. It doesn't. He's going to show you. He's right. going to show you. For he's gonna, him, he's going to make you feel. Right. For yeah. him, the way to show, like, you don't need to say, "Oh, this thing happened," and then everyone was infertile. Like that doesn't yeah. matter. What right. matters is the moment. Yeah that this person knew we were on the decline. Like that is a much more haunting story than like a voiceover with text on the screen that says in the year 2007, yeah. after the flu pandemic, blah, 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 yeah. blah. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 Get out of here. Shoe narrator, man. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. And, and again, there's like those, it's those little moments where it just feels like that. Or even to, um, you know, I, I've had friends that have told me that that last sequence where they're coming to that realization that the, that there is a baby amongst them. Some people have said that that's unrealistic, that war would have just raged on and whatnot. But I think even as sort of fantastical as in, in some might say that might be, Again, there's that human element where a person realizing that there's another human being that has just been born into this world. And that that would be under any circumstances, you know, like I'm not a father, but I would assume that if and when I have a child, that's going to be, you know, a revelatory day. So for the world to not have children for a long time and someone seeing that a child has been born, you know, the level of hope the level of of you know sort of seeing that this dystopia can you know change it it's you know it's in, it's incredible and i think Quaron is just sort of a master uh he's a master filmmaker he's done a hell of a lot of stuff i mean yeah, he's dabbled somewhat in this genre, but I think this is sort of one of the strongest things that he's ever worked on. What else has he done? He, he made too, Gravity. Yeah, he made Gravity. That's his, that's his big one. I haven't seen that. Uh, he made well. Uh, he his biggest one was he made the third Harry Potter movie. This is also yeah. true. Prisoner of Azkaban. Oh, okay. He did I Prisoner did of Azkaban. Um, he did E2 I, Mama Tambien is one a lot of people know he do mention. Yep. Which Ruben mentioned Gambian. mentioned earlier. Yep. Well, and and Gravity won seven Academy Awards. Correct. Yeah. Did he and, win uh, director, or is that the year that like director and best picture did not coincide? I know there was one recently I, that I, that was I the couldn't case. tell you. Yeah, I don't I don't necessarily know. And then most recently he made um, Roma for Netflix. That was the one. Which is, which is incredible. I um, haven't watched it, but now after rewatching Children of Men, I now want to watch Roma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 very good. And again, the same thing in the sense that it's it's a film that follows a character and it's sort of their journey, but 
he's also well that's what he does then exploring that's that's there's nothing wrong with it (laughs) yeah and Uh, you know to go back to your point though about your friends feeling the um the the revelation of the baby as unrealistic uh there was a bunch of like religious overtones in this movie um, there, there yeah, is faith, some faith being one of them. Yeah, it's funny because I wouldn't say it glorifies faith and religion, but there's definitely an element within it where, like, when the baby is born, I feel like that's a that's a moment that everyone had almost like a religious experience because, like, the midwife mentions when mm-hmm. they're at the elementary school that she misses the sound of kids playing. Like mm-hmm. baby Diego, we mm-hmm. talked we talked about at the beginning of the movie was eighteen, which means children have not been playing yeah. for, God, fifteen yeah. years. You know, like how many how many years have has it been? Ten years at least until like since yeah. people have been hearing children playing. In so much at the end of the movie, during the credits, they actually have sound of kids playing in a playground. Yeah, like yeah. that happens over the credits. Mm-hmm. So a baby crying would be foreign to some and so familiar to others like yeah, the yeah. people that hadn't heard a baby cry still yeah. get that's a little kid that's a thing that's yeah. a that's a person you know yeah. um so mm-hmm. i think uh some were were caught in awe of like oh my goodness this is a this is a sound i've never heard before but i automatically and from a biological re- level respond yeah. to it mm-hmm. and those that knew what it sounded like are brought back you know, like they're going to stop because like, oh, shit, that's a baby. That's that's the thing that we've all been missing for so long. Well, I mean, I think even to like even to that point, right? Chiwetel uh, for who's been our antagonist for a good chunk of the movie. Even by that point, yeah, we didn't even mention he was in this movie. Yeah, oh yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's, he's great. great. Well, but he's uh, he's he the bad. Like, he's like a bad. He's the bad guy. He's like, a bad. Yeah. he is totally the antagonist. Yeah. for sure. He does say though. He goes, I forgot. I forgot what they look like. She's so beautiful. Yeah. Or no, he goes, he's so beautiful, and it says he says it's a she. Again. It's a she. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, That's it's what I'm girl. saying. Everyone he's assumes like, it's and a then boy. He goes, he goes, I had a sister. <laughs> See, and again, like a character that you've hated for a good chunk of the movie has a human moment, mm-hmm. a genuine human moment. He still fights it. He still fights to be like, no, she needs to stay. Like, there's no way this, this ends he's, well. He's shooting at the military between dialogue, <laughs> yeah. but he's, but he has a <laughs> yeah. moment, yeah. Mm-hmm. but he has a and moment. Then that's the point. That's what Ruben's saying. Like he, yeah. he has yeah. a human side to him. Yeah. Yeah, and I would say to t- tell your friends now, um, who, uh, ask them now if that's uh, believable or not. Because I mean, we live in an age where people think wearing a mask yeah. is oppressive. No, yeah. So, <laughs> it, it, you know, so uh, yeah, I, I think that is a very believable moment. Um, yeah, I don't, so I don't disagree with that at all. Tell them to go I, to hell. You know, I think again, even though, you know, the film is was made you know 14 years ago we're so close to it and we were Mm -hmm. close to a lot of things then you know he was trying to sort of illustrate a lot of things then but even now to this point um it still very much resonates it still very much resonates and feels real so 
fuck, why we do this for this month? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, this was... So, George, dude, out All of right, five, so five dumpster be... fires, <laughs> future dumpster fires that we're doing, or what do we say... A yeah, trash yeah. can dumpster fires. Yeah, inferno. how many how many dumpster fires do yeah. you give uh, children of men? Yeah, give you it ready? To uh, this is gonna be our first five star oh, or five shit. dumpster. Yeah, this is, this is five dumpsters. There it is. You're welcome, That's gentlemen. Yep. That's well, I quit. Yeah. I'll see you next month. <laughs> There's no reason to play. I think yeah. Mr. I James even... is getting all the badges. Yeah. Ugh. Oh. Am I gonna have a back-to-back <laughs> month, fellas? We'll find Whoa, out. God. I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe we got. I don't know. I know what Ruben has next off week. Our sleeves, bro. N- Ruben's got a solid pick next week. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I forgot what. What do you? Oh wait, you we'll, can't we'll say. Talk George, can't we'll talk later. We'll talk later. Um, yeah. even right. Nick's though. Nick's is still pretty good, but Ruben's oh, yeah. is pretty solid. Yep. Yep. For sure. <laughs> All right. Looking All right. To it. Well, I guess that wraps up uh, Children of Men. Uh, I swear, if you haven't seen it by this point, who boy howdy. Oh, man. And go yeah, also go, go watch, watch it. Go it's watch A really Little Princess. Good. He did that, too. Yeah. It's amazing. Yep. I've never seen that. All I'll have to go look at that now. Oh, dude, get you're getting the feels. Ooh. All these crying movies. <laughs> I wasn't even, you know what? I wasn't even ready to cry. And then it happened. And I was like, fuck this guy. I love him so much. No. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That was good. I re- I highly recommend this movie. Everybody, go watch oh, it right now. Now, all right. <laughs> all right. We'll uh, we'll see you. We'll see you next week for Ruben's Thank you, everybody. pick. Shabam. Okay. Goodbye. Right. Bye. Thank you for joining us. Please rate, review, and subscribe if you'd be so kind. You can follow us at C E M G Cast on all your favorite social media outlets. Theme by Lancelot Salameda and Nick Adele. And make sure to return next week for another thrilling episode of the Cinematic Education of Mr. Jones.